This is a sermon for Rogate Sunday, Easter 6. The Old Testament reading is from Numbers chapter 21, verses 4 through 9. The epistle is from 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. And the gospel reading is from the gospel according to St. John, 16th chapter, verses 23 through 30. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 16th chapter. Jesus said, In that day you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive, that your joy may be full. I have said these things to you in figures of speech. The hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and have come into the world, and am now leaving the world and going to the Father. His disciples said, Ah, now you are speaking plainly and not using figurative speech. Now we know that you know all things and do not need anyone to question you. This is why we believe that you came from God. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Today is the day that we give thanks to the Lord for the gifts of prayer. To all baptized children of the Father, he gives alongside his holy name and holy spirit this gracious promise that he will bend his ear to all our petitions. Since Christ, by his incarnation and crucifixion, has ended the reign of sin which separates us, from the love of the Father, we now have the confidence to draw near to the throne of grace and pour out our hearts in prayer, praise, and thanksgiving. The hour has come when we can ask anything of the Father in Jesus' name, and we shall receive it. The righteousness of Christ has been given to us, imputed to us, and our sins have been removed. It is wonderful to go to the Lord in prayer in our hours of need. In the times when we realize just how wonderful it is, all these things, and the richness of the blessings that we have received from the Lord. But we must also recognize, because sin still dwells within you, that you do not always pray as you ought to. That you do forget the promises of God. That your confidence does wane at times. And that there is even doubts. Doubts that fill your mind as to whether or not the Father cares. Or is even listening at all. This is the reason why our prayers must be filled. Not with eloquence of words or lengthy in time. But with the magnificent promises of God. That our minds may dwell on the richness of God's works throughout all creation. If one leaves from the posture of prayer remembering his own words, but not the promises of God, he is sure to doubt 
And he'll be in a worse place than he was before he offered prayer to the Lord. Since the devil not only desires your fall, your fall into doubt and unbelief, but also that you lead many others astray from the faith, we should take up with all care and diligence the discipline of prayer. The prayers which strengthen faith and encourage the soul forth into battle. What prayers are those, you may ask? It is like this, the words of Jesus, the gift of prayer which truly amazes the one that Jesus says, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. It is a prayer which goes against what our hearts and minds might say. For my heart and my mind would say, God is really going to condescend himself to listen to a peon of his creation, a speck of dust in the cosmos? How could I actually expect God of the universe in all things to listen to me, let alone answer my prayer? But this is why we must have the word of God. For here in our text today, Jesus gives to you the very promises of God that he is going to listen. As my favorite hymn, Salvation Unto Us Has Come, professes with such clarity, Since Christ has full atonement made and brought to us salvation, each Christian therefore may be glad and build on this foundation. Thy grace alone, dear Lord, I plead, your death is now my life indeed for you have paid my ransom. Here it is clear that the atonement of Christ is the very foundation for each Christian on which they must build their prayer. For we have no righteousness within ourselves, but we receive all righteousness from Christ. From his death, resurrection, it is imputed to us. You are justified before God. He now listens to your prayers. God does not listen to the prayers of sinners who have no faith in the Son who redeems the world. But take heart. He has given to you the blessed gift of faith. And faith in the Son has made you worthy of calling God your Father and asking of Him all things as dear children would ask their dear earthly Father for anything that they need. True and right prayer is powerful because it is inseparably linked to the promises which God declares to us. If God has spoken it, it will be so. It is for this reason that it is so important that we diligently search the scriptures to know the promises which God declares to us and that we form our prayers from these words. If you offer a prayer up to God and yet have forgotten what God has spoken in Scripture, how can you be sure that the Lord has told you beforehand that He will answer it? For this reason, our prayers should start with Scripture. This is how we will overcome the doubts of our hearts and the attack of Satan. Every Christian must confess. If God has asked us to pray for such things and has promised to answer, who can stand in His way? Will he not be faithful to his word, so that none will be able to call him a liar? I know that there are a great many of uncertainties in life, things that we do not know that are coming. 
even the one that we're living through right now, this pestilence that is upon us. But we should never be uncertain as to whether or not God will give answer to the prayers which are founded upon His own Word. Who can hold a flame to God's promises? When one has the pledge and promise from God, they should be filled with boldness and confidence. For does not your faith become even firmer as you learn to see how much more God provides for you and is willing to send you as you search the Scriptures? He offers everything to you, and He will withhold no good thing from those who walk uprightly. God gives you access to Himself, to all that He has through the blood of Jesus. By the blood of Christ, your sins are forgiven, and you may draw near to the body and blood of Christ and ask. Whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. And again, Jesus has said, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it is open. When you are down, when you are depressed, thinking that prayer is the only bit of wishful thinking you may have, console yourself with these words of Scripture. Prayer is not wishful thinking. Prayer rests on the certainty of God that He will come through. Repent of your unbelief. Ponder anew what God has spoken. And then, with true confidence in Him, who has ascended to the right hand of the Father, even Jesus Christ, your mediator and intercessor, return back to prayer. And then, Pour out your soul unto the Lord who is good and merciful. Surely he hears our prayers. We can't begin to pray unless we know the Lord's word. If we enter into prayer thinking that there is only a chance that God will hear us or answer us, then we do not pray in faith. We turn God into a liar, common man, simpleton. But faith, faith is fear, love, and trust in God above all things. Without such faith, there is no hope. There can be no hope. But this very faith that God gives us to trust in Him brings us a new confidence. And then we put aside that hopeless babbling, or as they say, throwing a Hail Mary and teaching others to do the same. We get rid of that. For that only turns Christians into unbelievers. As James chapter 1 says, Whoever would ask of God, let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave in the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. But faith. Faith, which trusts in God above all things, receives from the Lord all that He gives to the heart and soul. And He recognizes with thanksgiving all things which, has come, which have come from His body or for Him, for His body and His soul. The Lord makes it rain on the just and the unjust. 
He gives food to even all evil people. But to his own children, he gives bountifully, bountifully more. None can expect to receive this superabundance of care without the heart that is stilled by faith. For faith receives these promises. If you enter into prayer without faith, you will be discouraged. For you will not have the grounding in Christ. You will not have the promise that God hears your prayer. You will not have the confidence to ask of the Lord all things. For you would think that he would give nothing. And even worse, if you enter into your prayer without trust in God to answer it, your heart will not be encouraged. It will fall into greater discouragement. The devil is sure to quickly take advantage of this weakness and turn you even farther against the Lord in your despair and hopelessness. And as we've learned these past few weeks, if you've been listening to these sermons on John chapter 16, you'll see that when tragedy strikes us, when suffering is around us, these are the times when our lives are most affected by discouragement, hopelessness, our doubts and unbelief. Sickness, sudden deaths, pestilence, famines, droughts, persecution, wars and rumors of wars, even contemplating our own death or the guilt of past sin can frighten us from trusting that God is in control and believing that His will can somehow be accomplished. So when you have lived in the word of the Lord, there is no doubt in my mind that the Lord will strengthen your faith, that your prayer to God will be strengthened since by His word He will bring to you the confidence knowing that He has ordered all things for the strengthening of your faith and for the good of your salvation. Consider just a few, a few of the stories which the Bible proclaims to us. Did not God provide a ram when Abraham said, The Lord will provide, when he was about to slay his own son? Did not the waters that Moses stood before part so that all Israelites could walk across on dry land? And did not those same waters come tumbling down in a single swipe, drowning hard-hearted Pharaoh and all his army in the sea? Did God also not provide bread and water in the wilderness and clothing and shoes, which did not wear out those 40 years of wandering? And did not He have mercy on those who had grumbled against Him and provided the serpent lifted up in the wilderness for all who look upon it to be healed. Did not God send life back into the son of the widow of Zarephath at Elijah's prayer? Did the people of God scattered because of their sins to the north, south, east, and west not return to Jerusalem to hear the good news of forgiveness and righteousness in Christ proclaimed to all them? following the resurrection. Did not Christ show mercy and fulfill the needs of the hungry and sick, lame and blind as they cried out to Him 
as he walked this earth in our flesh. When we are filled with the scripture and begin recognizing all that God has done, faith has no reason, no reason at all, not to ask from the Lord anything. And unbelief and doubt, they dissipate. For, they, for we see all that God can do. And we are all the more confident to draw near to the throne of grace in faith. As we speak in the small catechism, we pray that our Father in heaven would not look upon our sins nor deny such petitions on account of them. For we are worthy of none of the things for which we pray, neither have we deserved them. But that he would grant them all to us by grace. For we daily sin much and indeed deserve nothing but punishment. Take heart, dear Christian, that God forgives you. And all your prayers are answered purely out of his grace. Even though we are not worthy to pray, God has told us to pray. He has promised to hear our prayers. And we pray in the name of the one who has redeemed us, knowing that as God listened to the Son, so he shall too listen to us. And since God has promised to hear and answer us out of grace, we should not doubt him at his word. He will not stop answering your prayers, since by answering them, he remains faithful and he brings glory to his holy name. Finally, this day, I wish for you to remember that God's way and God's will are far better and more miraculous than our imaginations. As we commend our bodies and souls to his care and protection, so too we must commend the answer to our prayers to his direction. Since it is certain that he is able to do immeasurably higher and better than we can ask or pray, we should not assign to him the way the time, the manner, or the measure of which to accomplish it. But to commit all of it to him in his wisdom, his will, and his power. For he is good, he is merciful, he is gracious. As we read in the large catechism, these words of Luther, Whenever a godly Christian prays, Dear Father, let thy will be done. God speaks from on high and says, Yes, dear child, it shall be so, in spite of the devil and all the world. With this, my heart and soul can be led to face all things in this life, to encounter all attacks of the devil, the world, and even my own sinful nature, knowing that God's will shall be done. With these words, all Christians can wait with such confidence in the promises of God, and even here and now possess a blossoming joy, knowing that God's will shall never be stopped. As children should believe their fathers will do nothing to bring about their demise, so too we should expect that our Father in heaven knows what's the best care for our faith, for our salvation, for our eternal well-being here in this time and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen.
May the peace of God, which surpasses all our understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord.